church and keep him in your prayers and let him live for one day and, and uh, everyone else uh, anybody uh, we need to cast our prayer list this morning Cheryl McGuire will be buried tomorrow she, uh, she is the one that had the large tumor and they closed her up and then she ended up having a blood clot that moved her heart and she can't today. You know when we asked her for a Wednesday night that she had already passed away. So about five something Wednesday night. Um and my uncle David Yeah. 
I told Landon last Sunday that probably wasn't as cold as that creek behind your house. Yeah, mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're so proud of her and you, Mary. Yes. It's definitely going down with it. We love you too. Yeah. We do. We got you back. And if you, uh, you know, if you, whenever you're ready to be a member of this church or a member of the body of Christ, you just let me know. If you're ready to be a member of this church. Not yet. So whenever you get ready, you just let us know. Your mom and your daddy's a member. So whenever you get ready. We're just glad you're here with us. Absolutely. He's visiting and feeling it out. Y'all make him feel right at home if you don't mind. I hear you, brother. And he does feel at home. He doesn't ask Joy to cut him a check this morning. Yeah, you gotta get Miss Jean to sign it. It's on the catch. Well, that being said, that being said, if we can have our ushers come forward, we'll continue our service in praise and worship through our giving. thank you Lord that you look down and you say you know what I, I want you to have that and Lord we are honored that you do that so Lord we give back to you that which you've given us out of respect and honor to you and Lord you in return bless just like you always do we're so thankful to you for that that Lord by giving to you Lord you are actually giving to us a freedom Lord to be saved to live a life like you see fit and Lord, it's a freedom to, to give to you that for that he to whom he has given much, much is required. But Lord, you would just pour out blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon us, Lord. So we thank you for that. We pray your blessings over this offering, this church, and this service, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>
try to read something I read this week. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law passed away a few weeks ago, and uh, we really didn't have a funeral. So, uh, I just know how hey get some things on the card, and I told the preacher he'd probably have some read this for me before it's over with because I ain't good at talking without crying no more. But the older and the sicker I get, the worse I am. So. So uh, y'all pray for me. <clears throat> it's just kind of a little story about a education and prayer. Uh, I was raised an only child of two greatest loving, God-fearing parents anybody could have, Mr. Otis and Miss Marie there. Uh, and I never had a problem being an only child. Sometimes there were advantages, especially at Christmas. There were times I would like to have a brother or sister to get advice from or give advice to on things you may not want to ask mom and dad about. And when there was things that got broken or lost, uh, there was only one person to blame. That's me. Uh, but uh, I tried to blame our little dog Cricket for a lot of that, but uh, she told mom and daddy she didn't do it, so they believed her. So, uh, Anyhow, on September 26, 1981, I married my high school sweetheart, uh, loved my life, Janet, uh, and Jan had a brother named Mike. <clears throat> yeah. Mike was uh, four years older than we were, so I didn't know whether to try to be his friend or be scared of him. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, Mike, Mike was a man's man. His one everybody wanted to be friends with. He had all the tools that most men want from welders, drill presses, tool chest full of wrenches, screwdriver. If you need to borrow it, he was mad to see. After Jan and I got married, Mike told me, he said, I know where you live and you know where I live. If I need something, I'll call you. If you need something, you call me. And uh, I remember one time Mike came by and uh, he said, y'all need front porch. And I had the wood, so I told him, I said, I was just waiting to get somebody I could afford to build it. He said, we can build it. And he left, and about 45 minutes later, he showed back up the house with a truck full of tools, and we built a porch. Or he built a porch, and, and I assisted. Uh, and that's where our brother-in-law uh, association existed for several years, until I moved my office Springville, and Mike went to work self-employed as a housing inspector and doing a lot of traveling over the United States. Uh, he'd usually come home on Thursday night, leave back out for the job, next job on Sunday. Uh, one Friday, Mike called me and uh, he needed to run to Springville and he asked me if I wanted to meet him for lunch. And from that point uh, on, we had lunch together nearly every Friday or Saturday. Uh, we'd work on projects together. Or uh, if I was headed to load, if he had headed to load, we'd call and see if he wanted to ride. And uh, and overnight, it seemed like my my brother-in-law had became one of my best friends, or and more like a brother. Uh, Mike got to the point where he'd ask me questions about church and religion and different religions. Yeah. And uh, I remember one time, uh, like he just he he told me I told him the main thing was not religion or churches. It's about Christ, and that he made sure that he was saved. At that point, he told me he was definitely saved, and uh, of course, I believed him because he had never lied, lied to me before, and I knew he wasn't lying then. Amen. 
Uh, back a few months ago, I was uh, standing at the piano here, uh, after we sung the invitation now. Y'all probably remember this, Pastor Jeff Phillips, he, he asked us to do something. We gave everybody a small piece of paper, <clears throat> and he asked us to put somebody's name that we want special prayer for. The ushers passed out the paper, and uh, I walked to the front bench, filled out my piece of paper. I was the last one to put my paper in the offertory plate, and he asked everyone to take a piece of paper. It was their duty to pray especially for the name on that paper. Uh, I was the last one to put the paper in. I was the last one to take the piece of paper out. Why do you think out? And I pulled out the name I'd written down. Mm -hmm. And that was mine. Now, it's not that I didn't, uh, didn't believe he was a Christian, but I wanted to become more active in church. Yeah. I really wanted him to be at our church because yeah. uh, he could have been such a great asset. He was a licensed plumber, licensed electrician, licensed inspector. <clears throat> On August 20th, Mike was scheduled to leave for Louisiana that day for work. I was extending at the back of the church. We was about to begin a funeral. Uh, Mr. Bob Hobbs on the phone rang. It was Mike, and he said he was sick, thought he had COVID, but he was still leaving for work and uh, would be back Thursday. I asked him if it was a smart thing to do, and he said, you got to make a living. So he left. I talked to him several times that week. He said it felt like he'd run a mile and had 500 pound weight on his chest. <laughs> Uh, and I prayed for him to get back and go to the doctor. He returned home on August 26th and uh, was transferred from the emergency room to the hospital where they said it was the worst case of COVID they'd seen since the beginning of the virus. <clears throat> and I asked myself several times, what did I do wrong? Should I have insisted and not go? Or did I not pray enough? What could I have done differently? And I wouldn't get it praying around other people. It never helped most of my prayers are late at night, early in the morning, or driving, I'm by myself. Things were about to change. Before they put Mike on the ventilator, he said, pray for me. And from that point in time, every time me and Jim visited, we prayed. Not selfish prayers that I was so good at. No asking for new cars, houses, money. These were prayers for Healing and more time, doctors and nurses, when you think deal with crazy. <clears throat> On November 31st, the doctors informed Mike he'd never live without the ventilator. I'm sure that moment crossed his mind numerous times over the last three months. Not able to get out of bed, communicate, uh, communicate, not able to do simple things that we take for granted every day, like eating. <clears throat> Mike had the nurse call his wife Nancy and tell her what was going on, and he had the nurse call Jan. After that, I hid the hospital, and uh, and uh, Jan had called and said that he wanted her there right now. When we got there, Nancy was there. I simply asked Mike if he was tired. He shook his head yes. Asked if he was ready. He shook his head yes. After Jan arrived. She talked to him. He looked at me and said, pray. 
this prayer was not for healing. It wasn't for nurses. It wasn't for doctors. But for love and rest. And Jesus Christ welcome my friend home. After we pray, Mike Muxin to get the nurse. Let them know he is ready. And the machine to kept him right three months to be cut off. He's ready to go home. I'm sorry, Ryan. Yes. On August 31st, I lost one of my best friends I've ever had. But I received an education on what true prayer was really about. It's not about me, me, me. Not about the material things in life. Our prayer should be for the lost, the ones in need, in need, the ones that are sick, the ones of family members that have passed away. And most of all, our prayer should be to worship Jesus Christ. A friend is always closer than to others. Now, we were blessed in a lot of ways. We got to spend a lot of time with Mike before he passed away. You know, we're not always blessed for that. But sometimes right. things happen so quickly. <clears throat> so if you got friends and loved ones that you need to say something to, say it to them now. Don't wait. Please don't. Things you need 
Philippians chapter 1. I don't know about you guys, but I'm thankful to the Lord today myself for all that He's doing in my life and all that He's doing in my family. so much for being here today. We thank you for your presence and you are welcome here in this place. You know that, but you don't need me to tell you that. Lord, you do what you want, when you want, how you want. And Lord, you do it on your time and in your will and your way. Lord, it's me who is honored to be in your presence. Uh, Lord, so I'm honored today uh, to be in your presence, to come before you, Lord, before you holy standing in love. Lord, I love you. I'm in love with you, Lord. I'm in love with my Savior, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for your kindness and your love. And I thank you for your mercy. And I also thank you for those whoopings you give me, Lord. I thank you for the correction that you give me as well, Lord. Because I know that it hurts a little bit now, but if you hadn't have done it, it would hurt so much more. I know that I wouldn't be here today, Lord, had you not whooped me, had you not loved me, and had you not wanted me. 
Oh, Lord, I thank you for warning me when nobody else did, for whooping me when nobody else would, for loving me when I was so unlovable, for teaching me when I couldn't understand, for caring when I didn't even care about you. Oh, God, I'm glad you didn't turn your back on me. Oh, God, I'm so glad you didn't turn your back on me. Oh, Lord, I'm so glad that you understood when nobody else could understand. Let him go. Let him walk his own way, but not you, Lord. That's my son. He'll come back. And you stood there waiting day after day with a robe and a ring and a sandals and a fatted calf said, my boy's coming back. I thank you, Lord, that you knew what nobody else knew and expected what nobody else expected. Lord, I didn't even see it coming. I didn't even expect it, Lord, and it was done to me. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your blessings, your kindness. But I thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I don't want to tell you that the Lord's just going to have to, he's going to have his way today in the service. I'm thankful to him. I really am. I'm thankful. I'm like Paul right here. Uh, and, and we're just going to kind of go through Philippians 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints of Christ Jesus, which are Philippine bishops and deacons. I don't know if we're going to go this way or not, but I will tell you this. I am thankful that I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that when you see servants, saints, bishops, what does he say? Servants, saints, bishops, and deacons. I'm thankful that servants is at the top of the list and saints wouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that, that the deacon, it wasn't the deacon, the bishop, the saint, and the servant. I'd rather be a servant than a saint. I'd rather be a servant than a deacon. The greatest among you of all is the servant of all. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm not your bishop. I'm not your pastor. Uh, he may have called me to that role, but I am a servant of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. That's what we are. Just because I have a title of pastor, I have a position of servant. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the change in my life. I'm thankful for, like I said, that when I didn't even expect it, He expected so much more out of me. That He loved me so much more than I even loved myself. That He thought so much more of me than I could even think of myself. I'm so thankful to Him in this Thanksgiving season, this happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm just so thankful, uh, Lord, that, that, he, that He just touched me the way He did. That He molded me and shaped in me and shifted me into a position and I'm so thankful for that in my life. I'm thankful for the memories that I have in my life. Verse 3, I'm thankful that I can remember some things in my life. But I'm also so thankful that I'm not stuck in those memories of where I was and, and who's affected my life and who's touched my life and, and how they impacted my life. That I'm not so caught up in those memories that I refuse to make memories today with Joy and with Chris and with... Uh, I, I have memories with Joan I used to have, but now we have new memories. I have new memories. I'm so so glad that, that I'm not so caught up in my past that I can't allow room for you guys to be a part of my future. Amen. I am thankful to the Lord uh, that we are moving from glory to glory, faith to faith, higher and higher. I'm glad that there's room to get rid of some people in my life to make room for other people in my life. Aren't you glad of that today? Amen. Aren't you glad that He didn't just... Uh, leave you on a, a wind you up, pull you back, let you go course on life, and once it's done, it's a one and done and it's over with. I'm glad that I can step into a new season of life and see some old faces and some new faces. I'm so glad of that. I am thankful that I have that remembrance because I'm confident in verse 6 
of the one thing. Aren't you thankful that He didn't wind you up and let you go that when He started this thing, He said, you know what, I'm going to complete it in you? That when He started, that whatever He was doing in your life, if you got saved, you give your life to the Lord, He began this thing. It didn't stop there, it started there. 81 years old. It didn't start at 81. It started at age 7 and it's still going. It's still going. His mercies are made new every day. He is revealing Himself anew and afresh every day. The angels go around the mercy, the, the throne room of heaven saying, holy, 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 not because they're a broken record, because He does something great and wonderful and new every day. And they can't believe it either. And I can't believe what He does in my life either. I can't believe what He does in Korea. I can't believe the speeches that He gives and the, and the songs. that I can't believe the gifts and callings on your life either. And I hope you can look in the mirror and look at your life and look up to the heavens and say, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Thank you for letting me be a part of that. Thank you for letting me be used in that way. Thank you for letting me be used that way. Thank you for not letting me get used some ways. People will use you and spit you out. But not these people. Not these people. I got, I said, if you need me, you got, we love what you need. We love what you need. Not these people. He says to these people, he says, you know what, in verse of seven, I love you. I got you in my heart. I got you in my heart. And you know what? It's hard for you to believe that because some people said that to you prior before and they didn't have your intentions in mind. But trust me when I say this today, that the love of Christ abounds in us and that love abounds towards you, that we have you in our hearts. Amen. We have you. And this church family has you in their on their mind. Amen. On their hearts. We do. I do, I do, I do. Paul says, I do, I have you. Eight verse, for God is my record, I long after you. I long after you in my heart. I'm thankful we can grow together. I'm thankful we can come together. And verse nine, and I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. He says, what he says, I'm thankful that we can grow together. I'm, I'm thankful we can love together. We can understand together. I'm thankful for the love that God has to place excuse me, on your heart towards me and my heart towards Him and our heart towards Him. Because I'm going to tell you something. If we don't love Him, we can't love one another. I can't figure out how to love you if I can't figure out how to love the one that made you. I can't. How can I know the creation if I've never met the Creator? How can I understand a love language that, that's a foreign language? And he says it's because of the love of God shed abroad in our hearts that we can have love one for another. Because we are his disciples, we can have love one for another. You will know they are my disciples because you have love one for another. We have love for you. There's plenty of love here for you. And he says this love should be seen in our life. I'm thankful for that love. Verse 12, he says, I'm thankful. And we talked about this, 12. Let's just read that one. But I, I would you understand, brothers, that the things that I've been through, they help the gospel grow. They help the gospel go farther. And you know what? I'm glad that you can understand that in my life. I'm glad that you can hear some things, see some things, know some things, and understand that that's the building blocks of Christianity in my life. 
I'm so glad that I can listen to you. I can hear you cry on my shoulder. I can hear you tell me your past. I can hear me tell you your, you can I can hear you tell me your future and I can love you because I know that that's God working willing in your life. I'm not judgmental. I, I don't think harsh words or hard thoughts towards you because I understand what God is making and molding and manipulating you to do is growing you because I know your heart. Amen. Because I know your heart and your motives. So I'm glad that we can love one each other, right? I'm glad that we can understand. And I'm glad that we can make room for one another. You know what? So much so that now my testimony, just like your testimony, includes us. My testimony, it used to be this, is no longer that. Now it's got Pine Forest in it. Now it's got Chris Peoples in us. Now it's got Odyssey in it. Now it's got every, you see what I'm saying? I'm glad that finally, and it's really amazing how the Lord can take a librarian in 1980 and some preacher in Sand Mountain in, uh, when you were seven and some uh, preacher in, in, in Moody uh, and bring all this thing together and get us to meet right here. I mean, I don't know the real story behind all this thing, but it's amazing how the God can shape, mold, manipulate, and put people in people's life. And we all intercede right here today. We all intercede right here today. It's just amazing. I'm thankful that He can do that. That if Christ hadn't have done this and moved that and done this, and you know what's more importantly? Had you not have said, yes, I'll go. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll sing. No, I'm not going to Gold City. Yeah, I'll come. Yeah, I'll show up. Yeah, I'll yield and humble. No, they're not going to do that unless I'm not with you. Had God not laid that, had you not said it and done it, thank you for your obedience. I'm thankful. I'm going to tell you, I'm astounded by the wildness of God and the process that he uses to get me out of a situation and into a situation. He got me out of something I never would have left. Because I was complacent, comfortable. You ever been there? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I was scared. Mm -hmm. And he made me. And you know what? I have, I have, uh, me and Amanda have learned to grow really, really faithful in the fact that we know that the Lord, we, 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 not that I have to give him permission, but we know that the Lord will force us to do what he wants us to do and we're okay with it. That's it's right. safe. Right. It's safe. Because now I know it's the Lord. <laughs> and not somebody. Yeah. And not somebody. And he says that that's a, that's a good place to be. That's a good place to be. So now we find ourselves and we're in Philippians coming to a close. I mean not a close, but uh, anyway, I'm thankful that I'm astounded by him. Because God urges and nudges and he moves and he and he does all this. And you know how he does in verse 19? I know this is for salvation. And it's through prayers, like Brother Otis says, uh, that we're going to pray. Now, how many of you know that you're saved, that you're saved? Ain't that a wonderful feeling to know that where you're going, where you're ending up? That is a, just amazing opportunity. It is thank you, Lord, for our gift of salvation. Praise God for salvation. How many of you know, you know that if it wasn't for the prayers of some people, you wouldn't be where you was, get where you got, you wouldn't have some of the things. He says, I'm thankful in 19 for my salvation and, and for my prayer. But how many of you know that it's the power of the Spirit, Holy Spirit living in you that's really doing all this in your life? And we don't give Him all, we don't give Him the credit. 
We don't get any such thing. I know that this will turn to my salvation, and I know it's because of your prayers, but the thing that's really driving me is the supply of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. I just got to say, it's the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. Well, if we don't feel the power of the Holy Spirit, if the anointing ain't on us, we ain't got it. It ain't here. If it ain't here, we're missing it. We are missing it. I can speak till I'm blue in the face, give you props all day long. It won't change a thing. It will not change a thing. Will not convict a heart. Will not do anything. This gospel without the Holy Spirit will not save you. Will not save you. And then so when we look at these few verses in my salvation, I'm so thankful that death no longer has a hold of me. I really am. I'm free to live as Christ, to die as gain. Am I ready to die in my salvation? Absolutely. Do I want to go today? Not at all. <laughs> Being honest. Amen. Being honest. Am I thankful for the power of prayer? You know what prayer does? It, it, he, uh, he is not obligated to tell me anything. But when I ask Him, His Word says He is. If you'll ask me, I'll tell you. I'm so thankful for my salvation and I'm thankful for a relationship with a loving God that I can say, Lord, really? And He'll say, really? <laughs> I'm really I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. It's that easy, guy. I mean, you know what? It's such uh, young ones. Listen to me. It's that easy. Lord, is this what you want me to do? It's that easy. Paul says, "And to live as Christ, to die as gain." And I'm thankful for our prayers. I'm thankful that I'm better off with it. That I can live out this gospel in my life. Paul says, can you live out the gospel in your life? In verse 27, do I have to be present in your life for you to live out the gospel? He says, whether I come or not, I hope that you're living this thing out. If the gospel is truly present in your life, I don't have to be there to see it. The, pride, the, the gospel can be experienced. It can be seen in your actions and said in your words. That's what he says. And I'm going to tell you, there's a quote that says, uh, live out the gospel and speak words or, or present the gospel and use words when necessary. But I'm going to tell you, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How can somebody be saved unless their preacher be sent? And how can he be sent unless the Lord send him? And how can he hear the gospel unless the preacher preach the gospel? So you can live your life out in this Christian, this Christian life and be the example, but God forbid you never share the gospel with anybody. God forbid when they say, what is the excuse for the hope that you have in you that you don't say it's Jesus Christ and Christ alone. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other way, no other hope, no other man, no other mercy, no other, no other gift but grace. And it's Jesus Christ and Him alone. There's no other God. No other way. There's no other excuse for the way I live. There's no other excuse. I didn't choose this. He chose this for me. He showed it to me. He revealed it to me. And that's our job is to live it out and reveal it to those. So he says, it, it don't matter if I, I don't, Paul says, I don't have to be there for you to live this way. You don't have to be here to live that way. You live this way. But you, you don't live this way outside the church. You live a Christian life outside the church. Amen. You're not sitting at the parking lot at the Dollar General where your Bible's open and attention. You're walking through the store a Christian in an unchristian world. <laughs> In an unchristian world. Thank you, Lord, for the ability that you give us. And he says, this happens in 27. Uh, let your lifestyle, conversation, be as it becomes the gospel. Live a life that looks like the gospel. 
Live a life that looks like the good news. He says, whether I come to see you or not, whether I'm there with you or not, this is the main thing. You be in one mind and one spirit. One mind and one spirit. I'm not talking about us getting together, making a game plan and going to do it. He's saying when you get out at the Dollar General and you get ready to walk in and be in one mind and one spirit. One mind. Because I'm going to tell you, me and I just can't do it. We can't do it. I just can't help. He can hold me accountable, but he can't make me do it. He can't help me do it. He can't control my thoughts, my lips, my actions, my movements, my hands, or my feet. He can't do it. I can't. She's been trying to do it for 60 years. She can't control his. It don't work. No, 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 no. It don't work. It don't work. Live a life that bears witness of a change. And use words to describe the change that you have. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you, we have opposition. We have opposition. Because he says in uh, 28, don't fear your adversary. He's talking about people who come against you and slam you. But he's also talking about the enemy. Don't fear him. Don't fear the adversary. Because I'm going to tell you what, God's dealing with you first. Verse 27, live it out anyway. Live it out first. Live out your salvation. Listen to the Spirit and stand. And having done all to stand, stand in the power of God and His mind. And His mind. One mind. Not halt you, not halted. Well, you think I shouldn't. And I'm going to tell you, everybody goes through this. I wonder if I should. Chris's letter said it. I wonder if I could have done something. I wonder if I could have stopped. I wonder if I could have said something. Don't halt between two opinions. Don't be double-minded. Don't be number. That man receives nothing from the Lord. Stand on what you believe and what you do. And know that you're led by the Spirit. For the children of God are led by the Spirit. You're prayed up, you stayed up, you're read up, and you're fed up. So you stand up and you and you stand on your actions and your convictions and you mean it what you say and you do what you say. Because the enemy has a foothold in halt and double-mindedness and guesswork. Should I have what I have? And the enemy is right there and he is just dividing that and devouring that. Because I'm going to tell you in this situation, God's will was done. In this situation, it is not going to change who God is. God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful and he's going to do it. So be in one mind and one spirit and you will defeat that adversary in our life. And that's 28. Don't be afraid of your adversary. Nothing terrified by him. Nothing terrified. Your, your life condemns him. Your life condemns him. But I believe in you still. And then he goes into 29. For unto you is given in the half of Christ not to believe on him, but also suffer his sake. I believe in him, but I still go through some stuff, don't you? Amen. I believe that he's... He's gonna, he can do all things, but I still go through a lot of things, don't you? Amen. I believe that He can heal all things, but I hadn't always been healed, have you? I believe that He answers all prayers, uh, but He don't always answer them the way that I want Him to have. And you not seen it in your own life? I know that He answered, He just didn't answer like I wanted Him to. And this is the conflict that every Christian has. Paul says, I, I deal with it myself, 30. And you see the same thing in me, Paul says. I go through it too. Don't think that it's a, nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad that he fixed me. Amen. Because I used to worry about this kind of stuff. And I used to question this kind of stuff. And 
but he and struggle with this kind of stuff. And you know what? This is what this is kind of kind of what he did. Lord, what am I going to do? Who's going to understand this? Who's going to fix me? Who's going to take away what I like and replace it with something else to get me through? How am I going to let go of some things in my life? How am I going to get rid of some unforgiveness and some hurt in my life? How how do I get how do I get someone to get on board with me when I know it's maybe even wrong? Who who will understand and not judge me? Forgive, fix, and forget about what I just told them. I need someone, a plan and a place. I need something in my life that won't judge me, that can take away all the stuff and fix it. And it almost always happens the church steps in. It almost always happens. And the first person they turn to usually is the church. And that's okay. That's good. That's okay. That's okay. But the problem is, is they can turn to church, but usually the church jumps in. And, and, we, and we, we, we tell them about Jesus, but of course, but we, and we tell them about constitution and bylaws. This is how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to conduct business and do things. We do new members classes on how you should be, how you should do, what we believe, what our creed is. We've got a website that tells you what to expect when you get here, why we do it, who our leadership is, and what time it is. We encourage, we love on them, and we play songs for them, we feed them, we sing, and we preach at them, and we'll give them membership and, and all of these things and all this, and we agree that there's nothing wrong with this, and this is good. Uh, the, the Bible even tells us that uh, in, in chapter 2, verse 2, for fear you my joy, be like-minded. Uh, verse 3, don't do anything in strife. Verse 4, look on the needs of other people. Help them out when they come to the door. Help them do that. And we feel that that's what we, sh we should do. Putting others first. Putting others first. And Paul says, you know what? That's good. But you got to do verse 5. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, my mind and your mind won't help them. My resources and your resources won't fix them. My gift and your gift ain't the gift they need. And the church comes alongside, and 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 they're we're they're they're guilty as we are. They're coming to be helped and fixed. And when we see an opportunity to help and fix them, and what they need is Him. That's what they need. That's what they need. That's that's all. That's what they need. So we can fix, and we can save, and we can believe, and. Uh, that they can come and and see the depth of depression and the hole in their heart and the and the hurt in their heart and we can see all this and how they struggle. But you know what? A lot of times, if we don't be careful, or well, we begin to struggle with the same things they're struggling with because we're just as prone as they are, and we get drawn into these things too. Their unbelief becomes our questions. Their struggles become our struggles. Uh, their testimony becomes our judgment. And you know what? The New Year's resolutions wear off. The church helped pay this bill and that bill and that bill and then maybe you don't see them and you find out they're worse off than they ever, they were before they came. And it's not because you did anything wrong or I did anything wrong. The problem was that they received the wrong help when they got here. Because the Bible says that if you come in and you're hunting for help and you're looking for help, 
You're looking for something to make a difference in your life, something to replace something in your life, something to fix something in your life, something, a plan and a process to work in your life. The Bible says when they walked in, there was another man that got up. The church stood up and welcomed them, but the Bible says in chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, that Jesus Christ, he who was God, thought it not to be equal with God when he heard about how big of a mess you was in and when you walked through the door and said, well, this is where I'm at. I'm addicted. I'm afflicted. I'm hurting. I'm I, I'm hating. And I'm angry. And I'm bitter. And I hate God. And there's nothing that nobody can ever do. And the church swarms them. They try to fix them. They swarm them. And they try to save them. They swarm them. And they offer them this and this and programs and steps and programs and all of this. And there was one who said, he stood up off the throne and he took off heavenly and put on humanity and says, I got this. I got this. I can, I can handle this. And he put off his divineness. He put off his divineness. And you know what he did? He rolled his old sleeves up. And he said, you know what? I've whooped him before. And I can whoop this before. I've tackled this before. I can tackle this now. And the church gets in the way and they want to fix it and they want to help it and they want to do all this. And the Bible says that, that you know what he did? He tossed his heavenly garment aside. And he put on our garment. And he put on our garment. And he humbled himself. And he became like us. And he took on our sin. And he took on our shame. And he took on our side, our flesh. And he... And the Bible says that he humbled himself that he became obedient unto death. He became obedient unto death. And, and I'm going to tell you what, he died for you. He died for me. He died for us. He died for us. And the Bible says because he did that, that oh, God highly exalted him, give him a name above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Key words, best four words in the Bible. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. So he put on our garment, our humanity, and he hung on a cross. And they took him off the cross and they nailed him to the cross. And they gave him a crown. They did. They gave him a crown. They gave him a crown. They gave him a robe. They nailed him on a cross. They buried him in a tomb. He rose again. Jesus. God the Father highly exalted Him. And He put the robe back on Him. And He sat down at the right hand of the Father on high, way above your adversaries because your adversaries is His footstool. Huh? Highly exalted. Who will understand? I think I know one that will. Yes. Who can think like who who can reach into the depth of the hole in my heart and fix it? I know one that can. Amen. Who can replace my addiction with an attraction? I know one that can. Amen. Who can save this relationship? I know one to reconcile it. I know one that can. Who can save the lone? Who's standing waiting on the sun to come running back to the fire? I know one that is. And it ain't me. And it ain't me. You know what I'm doing? I'm doing like the Roman soldiers a lot of times. There's garments laying here. There's a crown of thorns laying there. And there's a three times he took his garment off. Three times. When he was in the upper room, two days before his death, if the Bible tells you this, listen to this, it's profound. It says, And Jesus, knowing that all authority was given to him, raised up from the dinner table, and he didn't clear his throat, he didn't grab his mic. It said he took off his robe, girded himself in a towel, and he bowed down and he began to wash 
their feet. He began to wash their feet. One time he took it off right there. The next time he was at the cross and the Bible says that they took his garment and they didn't, they didn't tear this one and they cast lots for it. Cast lots for his garment. Got to have that seamless one. I said, well, if I can take that one with me, cast lots for it. But there was another time when you come running into him to the Father, didn't know where to turn, where to go, who to look to, what you were going to do, and you said, God, what do I do? Who can help me? Oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this mess? And he says, there was one who stood up in heaven, took off his robe of glory, stepped down into time, put on humanity, and said, I am he who lives, ever lives, and always will live, and I have come to save Seek and save that which is lost. Yeah, exactly. and, he, and, and you know what? And it said every day. Now I know this is prophetic. Uh, uh, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. But when you, this is a picture. Let me understand that this is a picture that when you bow down and say, I accept it, Lord. I accept it, Lord. This is what He does. This is what He does. That's what He does. That's what He does. Clothed in righteousness. Amen. Weeping. Joy. Covered in joy. That's what he does. And a lot of times I, I'm, I'm doing this. Oh, they're hurting. Oh, they can't think right. You know the crown of thorns is, is so that you can think right and healing in your brain and healing in your mind, you know. Oh, oh yo, you, you're struggling with some... Oh, you know, have, you, have I told you about the cross? Have I told you about the cross of Christ and how He forgives your sin? Have I told you about Jesus? They don't need His cloak. They don't need His crown. You don't need His cross. You need the man Christ Jesus. Amen. That's, all, that's all it amounts to. So where are we at, Brother Chris? Or Miss Maria, however you all want to do it. The cross is, is key. It is. His coming is key. It is. But if we don't offer Him Christ, He's the only one that can change it. He's the only one that can fix it. He's the only one that can step up and say, you know what? I got this. I got this. And I'm telling you, the church, don't stop. Don't stop helping. And don't stop doing. Don't stop being, verse 1, the servant Please, because the greatest among you, Jesus said, I came to serve, not be served. But when you're, but, but when you're serving, serve Him. Serve Him by serving Him, the Lamb, as we stand. What are you struggling with? I'm going to tell you, I mean, I got it all. So we've covered it long enough, haven't we? I've covered it in my stitch. I've covered my cuts. I've covered my wounds and I've covered my feelings. And I put I cast all the I counted all dung. I counted all I cast it all behind me for that which is before me. I was running away from it. Now I'm running to it. Old things behind me. New things before me.
one of us this week, if there's a need in our life, if we're looking for something, uh, maybe some change in our life, something in our life, I pray that, that just like in this, Paul's salvation means nothing without the Savior. Healing means nothing without the healer. I pray that we look to Him and we look for the Savior instead of salvation this week. I pray that you look for the healer instead of your healing this week. I, I pray that you that you look to the one who makes a way and not a breakthrough. Because it's by, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have Him uh, than, I'd rather have one day in, with Him than one day through that door. I'd rather, I'd rather have the healer than be healed once. I'd rather know, like Paul says, that when I die, I'm with the Savior. I'm not just saved. Yeah. That I'm with the Savior. Because I'm going to tell you what, His Word don't revert, turn void. He's going to send you and do some things in your life yeah. that's going to glorify and honor Him if you seek Him and not the results. Thank you for being here today. We pray that hope that you have a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, I hate to do this out of the blue, but uh, are we doing Wednesday night? Uh, as far as I know. Okay, I'm, well, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm as thankful on Wednesday night. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't know. I, okay. Perfect. Great. Be back Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. Y'all, y'all come we'll back on it. Wednesday week. Once y'all haven't made it on Wednesday, we have a good time. Yeah, under. Thing. I didn't know. Be sure to tell Carter happy birthday. We didn't sing to him. Oh, wait a minute. Let's get them back out of here. Hurry. Don't get the kids out of here. I knew I'd forget.
Thank you, brother. I bless you, man.